All right. Well, let's get into the Word this evening. And um, tonight my message is entitled, When God Calls. When God Calls. How many of you know that we get saved, and it's wonderful to be saved, but God actually wants more from us? I say this all the time, that God did not say to the disciples, go into the world and save people, even though that's what we do. We save people from death, from hell, from brimstone, from judgment. That's what we do. We go out, we preach the good news of the kingdom. We preach Jesus. And when we do that, they get saved. Amen. People's lives get transformed and changed and renewed. The purpose was not only for us to go out and get people saved. The purpose is to go out and make disciples. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. He is looking for a people that will be disciples, that will carry his name, that will carry his presence. We are so fortunate. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, you will no longer worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem, but the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's like the woman at the well was like spirit and truth. And he said, spirit and truth. I tell you what, I'm so grateful that we can worship God anywhere. We can worship him in the car. How many of you have ever encountered God in the car? Come on. Let me, let me you know. That, I think my, one of the most powerful encounters I ever had was on the way to Okeechobee. Come on, the other place that God encounters us is when we're in the shower. Hey? Don't get any funny ideas. I'm talking about singing in the shower. How many of you ever sing in the shower? Thank God no one else can hear you. Amen? But it's those moments that we're with the Lord that we have an ability. Do you understand how fortunate we are that we can enter into the presence of God at any time? All, all, we, all we have to do, and it, it amazes me how it can just be a split second. It can, it can be a split moment where your heart just suddenly just changes and all of a sudden you can feel everything inside of you begins to just worship the Lord. And it can be sitting on the couch at home. It can be lying in your bed. It can be driving in your car. It can be singing in your shower. It can be at any time. And so often when we do this, the presence of the Holy Spirit just fills that room. It begins to overwhelm us. There's nothing like being overwhelmed by the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Man, I don't know about you, but I just love the Holy Spirit. I just love the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's like when He comes into the room, you can't smell anything, but it's like a sweet aroma. When He enters the room, everything changes. What was, what was just plain and ordinary before, all of a sudden, just comes alive. It's like when He comes into the room, it's almost like you can sense that someone has walked into the room. If you've ever had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where He comes into the room, He walks into the room, and everything changes. Everything shifts. You know, the Bible speaks about walking in the Spirit. It speaks about being led by the Spirit. It speaks about praying in the Spirit. As Christians, we are supposed to be more connected to the realm of the Spirit than we are to the realm of the flesh. The problem is it's so difficult because we're surrounded by this world that's filled with problems and issues and things that go on. And you just want to just punch him in the nose. You know what I mean? 
but the spirit is so contrary to this. I had a situation this week and, and I was on the phone with my dad and I just was like, man, I just want to, just want to. And he just began to remind me of Scripture. How many of you know that Scripture can save you? Scripture can deliver you. Scripture can encounter you. Listen, the Word of God is powerful like a two-edged sword. And what I love about the Word is it cuts right to the heart. It goes right to the root of the issue. It goes right to the root of the problem and has the ability, if you receive it, to change everything, to change everything, to transform everything. The Word of God is like a fire. It's like a hammer and has the ability to come in and just transform you. It was amazing. I went from literally in a second from being so low to suddenly having a peace that surpasses understanding. Why? Because His Word is true. Because His Word is living. Because His Word is alive. Come on, somebody. Come on, if you've ever encountered where the Word of God comes alive inside of you, Give the Lord a shout in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every single one of us, or most of you in this room, I believe, have encountered being saved. Having a moment where you give your life to Jesus. And most of you will, will know that after you've had that experience, Normally, you're not really the same. You begin to transform. The Bible speaks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You begin to change. Your mind begins to change. Your thinking begins to change. If you truly give your life to Jesus, slowly everything shifts. But you will notice, even in Scripture, that there are moments where you go from just being saved to being called. And when God calls you, that's when everything really takes a move in a totally different direction. The problem with us is we, we always judge and, and think the way the world does. In order for you to make that team, you have to do a whole lot of things. You have to be a certain way, act a certain way, be built a certain way, all of that stuff. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't have requirements, but when He calls you, He calls you where you're at. And what's interesting about some of the stories I'll share with you tonight is that all of them except one, they are called while they are already servants of the Lord. So they are saved already. But many of them underestimate what God can do in them when He calls them. What's so wonderful about God's calling is He will give you everything you need. And all of it in this dispensation is already inside you. I don't think you understand just how powerful that really is. Destiny, purpose, the plan of God is already locked up inside you. That's why when you get born again, your spirit comes alive. For I knew you. Long before you were even formed in your mother's womb. How is that possible? Because you are a spirit. You were created to do spiritual things for the king. He gave you this earthly body so that you could come and change the world. How do we do it? We don't do it in the flesh. We do it in the spirit. The battle is not in the flesh. You see, even as I speak to you, 
You're looking at me through your worldly eyes, but something on the inside of you knows that what I'm busy saying is truth. Something on the inside of you recognizes that the words that I'm speaking, they're not just words. Are you with me? That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Because when it comes by the Spirit, when it comes in its revelation by the Spirit, that Word has an ability to increase your faith. Why? Because eyes that have not seen, ears that have not heard, are beginning to understand, are beginning to grasp the fullness of what God is able to do in your life. Oh, He's able. God is able. He is able. Father, tonight in this place, oh, hallelujah, we worship you, Lord. If we look at the Old Testament, we look at Jeremiah. What many of you don't realize is that Jeremiah was extremely young when the Lord came to call him. And he was asked by God to go and give a message to Judah. And this message was a tough message. It was a hard message to give. And he was a youth. So Jeremiah 1 verse number 4, this is what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you, in the womb I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. In other words, he's saying, I'm not ready. I'm too young. Lord, you can't use me. People don't take me seriously. People are not going to listen to me. People are not going to hear what I have to say because of my age. I want you to know, young people, if you seek the Lord, that's the difference. If you have a holy hunger for the presence of God, what you must understand. Remember what I said just a minute ago. If you can listen to me just for a minute. If you are able to see God, what happens is when you speak, it's not about your age because when you speak, you speak spirit. When you see God and the Lord comes upon you and your eyes begin to open, when you speak, you'll get the attention of 60, 70, 80 year olds. When you speak, you'll captivate an entire room. When you take hands in, in your you group and you begin to pray, there's something different about you, the way that you pray because you have decided to separate yourself. You have decided to consecrate yourself. There is something special about an individual and it doesn't matter how old they are, whether they're 10 years old, 13 years old, 17 years old, when you make a decision to consecrate yourself and take a hold of what God has placed on the inside of you, nothing is impossible. You see, when a, when, when a, when a child speaks to you and he speaks to you with just the, in the natural Nothing, you, you know, yes. Come on, be honest, man. You guys are worse than me. You guys do that all the time. But when it's the Spirit, when God begins to speak, it's different. Dreams. I remember my daughter has shared dreams with me where she comes to me in the morning and she starts talking and I'm like half listening. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom. I just know I need to pay attention. Because what she's sharing is from heaven. Are you with me? My son, five years old, on more than one occasion, 
the Lord has begun to speak to me through him. And when it happens, I know it. Why? Because of what's inside me. Are you with me? These things are foolishness to men. They have to be spiritually discerned. That's why God calls Jeremiah when he's a youth. And most of you know he becomes an incredible prophet. Yes, he was the weeping prophet, but he is an incredible man of God called at his youth. Now, I want to show you just quickly a few things. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but let's just break this down real quick. Let's go to verse number five. Verse number five. God speaks to him and replies to him this way. And I want you to listen to this, everybody, but especially the youth in this particular example. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. The word formed in the Hebrew means fashioned, means framed, means created, means destined. In other words, God formed you. He fashioned you. He framed you. He created you. He knew. He gave you eyes. He gave you hair. He gave you a complexion. He gave you everything that you have because he knew exactly who you would be. He knew exactly what he would call you to do. He made you specific just the way you are. Isn't that unbelievable? He formed you, the Bible says. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. The, word, the words I knew you in the Hebrew means who you are, what you would be, how you would be. He knew everything. In fact, he knew the mistakes that you would make. God knew Jeremiah would be at this moment, right now, at this place, when he called him to go and do this work that he felt totally unconfident and totally un, uh, unworthy and, and not ready to do. God knew everything, every error, every fall, every downfall, every mistake that he would make. But this was the moment where he would call him. He says, before you were born, I sanctified you. The word sanctified means I, I make you holy. I set you apart. You are not common anymore. This happened before you were born. God set you apart. You think God didn't know you would be saved right now? He knows it. He knows that he's saved you. But he doesn't just want to save you. He also wants to call you. He wants to call you out. He wants to separate you. He's already, it's like when you, when you go to a barbecue and you choose this awesome piece of meat. Before you go to the barbecue, come on, how many are you with me? Come on. You've like chose it on, on like Wednesday when you went to Publix. You saw it. You took it. You chose it. You put it in your cart. You said to the kids, don't touch it because Saturday is coming. And when Saturday comes, I'm going to take it out. I'm going to use it. I'm going to prepare it. I'm going to have it ready for everything I want to do with it. Okay, I know meat. I know I get it. But I want you to grasp. Do you understand? Do you hear what I'm saying? And I've seen some of you over that piece of meat. It's been sanctified. It's been set apart. It's been dedicated for a cause. That's who you and I are. Amen. God has called us. And he uses Jeremiah. He calls him. Understand Jeremiah was already a, one of the children of Israel. 
He was already a servant of the Lord. But now he said, now I want you to know I'm calling you. I'm calling you out, Jeremiah. And then he says, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. There is an appointment. There is a set time for you to become everything that God has destined you to be. God has ordained you. He has, he has, so not only has He set you apart to prepare you for what He has for you, but the day will come where He will now ordain you for what He has for you. But we have to pick up the call. We have to take a hold of it. Verse number six says, Then, then said, I, I, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. This is so powerful. Do not be afraid of their faces. If God has set you apart, if God has prepared you for such a time as this, don't listen to those who have something to say. Don't listen to those that when you were a child said you would amount to nothing. Don't listen to the voices of those that broke you down that said you are so bad God can never use you. Don't listen to the voices who say you're not good enough. You're strange. You're weird. God can't do this. People in the world today look at Christians sometimes and say that they, listen, it's you people that are strange. I've been called, I've been sanctified, I've been ordained by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Don't look at their faces. Don't look at their faces. One of the greatest distractions the enemy will send to you is voices, voices of persecution voices of evil to break you down, to, to bring you down because words have power. But God says, don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't listen to them. Focus on what I say you are. Focus on who I've called you to be. Don't look. Don't look at their faces, Jeremiah. In other words, what they say means nothing because it doesn't matter what some say. It matters what I say. Come on. Oh, what does he say? What does he say about you? What does he say about you? Oh, Father, I give you thanks tonight in this place that you are the lover of our soul, that you are our King and our God and our Lord, that you saved us, set us apart and sanctified us, ordained us for such a time as this. We are your beloved and I give you praise and thanks for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I'm preaching better than you're shouting. <laughs> Amen. You see, the Bible says in verse number nine, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. You must understand that they didn't have what we have. They didn't have His Spirit on the inside of us. His Spirit on the inside of you. Living and breathing on the inside of you. If you get into the Spirit and you begin to become sensitive to His Spirit, it's incredible what happens.
It's, a, it's the most incredible thing to hear the Holy Spirit. You'll be walking and all of a sudden God says, look over there. Now you don't hear anything. You just know you have to look over there. And you look and you see somebody. And you think to yourself, no, that was just me. And you keep walking and you hear, look again. And you look again. Now everybody, God works differently with everybody, but then you, 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 then you know. I mean, by the third time, God's like, come on. You know what to do. Look again. You see, when we look, we see. But when he looks, he sees what's already there. Long before you were formed. Long before you were created. Sometimes somebody just needs somebody to believe in them. It's incredible what it does. You walk up to that person and you tell them whatever the Lord gives you. The Lord has given me really strange things to say, little tiny little things. And it's so meaningful to that individual. And it changes them forever. And often you'll say, you said to the Lord, this, this, and this. And they'll be like, God heard me pray. He heard those words. Come on, isn't that awesome? Jesus, being aware of their thoughts, would be able to turn to them and address them just like that. Amen. Come on, God wants to call us to a greater anointing, to a greater encounter with Him so that we can walk with Him, so that we can be used by Him. God didn't call you to be saved only. He is calling you to be a vessel, to be used by Him for, for His glory. Amen. All right, let's move on because this is not going the way it was supposed to. <laughs> we know that Moses, I'm not going to read it, Moses was an individual that said to the Lord, Lord, I cannot speak, so how can you use me? Thank God you, don't, you can't speak, Moses, because I've got nothing to say that you have to say. I have some things that I want to say. There are many times where I think to myself, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to say. You've given me these scriptures, but I don't know what to say tonight. And as soon as I get up here, it's like, boom, it just comes out. Where does it come from? It's not my words. It's his words. Only the ones that are foolish are mine. But the ones that strike the heart, the ones that bring change, the ones that impact you, those are the words that come straight from heaven. Amen. Moses says, Lord, I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. Rather use my brother. How many of you said, well, you know, if, you know I'm, I'm not like my brother. You know, he's the one that's talented. I'm not like my sister. She's the one that's beautiful. She's the one that's this. She's the one that's, that's that. Listen, when God calls you, he calls you. When he calls you, he calls you because of how he created you, what he created you for, every little wrinkle, every little hair, every little bump, every little whatever. He called you just the way you are. And he will use you if you will surrender to him. 
You see, even though all these men resisted for a moment, there was a point where they made a decision to surrender. They had to make that decision eventually to say, Lord, all right, I'm going to do it. Moses eventually took the staff and went back to Egypt. Jeremiah took up the call and he, and he went and followed the Lord. Are you with me? Peter, and Peter was, was called by God to become a disciple. Jesus said to him, follow me. And Peter had to make a decision. Called to follow the Lord. Called to be used by the Lord. When he traveled with Jesus, he saw Jesus being used. And nothing was happening. He was doing nothing. He was just watching. This is not so glamorous. Right? He had to get Paul to the, Peter to the place where Peter would finally become completely dependent on God. To the place where Peter basically had to deny him. And in his total brokenness, he could be called out to become exactly who he was destined to be. You think Jesus didn't know the day that he called him out of the boat what was coming? Amen. Amen. Throughout Scripture, there is story after story after story. One of my favorites, we have to go there. I don't want to, but let's go to Judges 6. Man, I love the story. I love the story. This is Gideon. The children of Israel are under heavy oppression. They, they, they've been defeated. The Midianites are, are, are absolutely destroying them. And the Bible says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Tibbeneth tree, which was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the, Ab, the Abizarite, while his son Gibeon, uh, Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. You must understand that at this moment, Gideon is an absolute coward. At this moment, he is doing, he's threshing wheat in a winepress. And the reason why he's doing it is because he's hiding. He's afraid. He feels unworthy. He feels like God has neglected them. He feels like God has left them, that, they've, that they're, they're in a mess, they're, they, 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 they lack so much, they're, they, they're the children of God, but it's just not going well anymore. It feels like God isn't anywhere to be seen, and Gideon feels like he's the lowest of low. The Bible says in verse number 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Why? Because just like Jeremiah, just like Jeremiah, everything led to that moment. He was already a child of Israel. He was already a covenant child. But there was a moment, there was a moment while he was sitting, while he was sitting and threshing wheat that the angel of the Lord came to him and said to him, you mighty man of valor. And I think that he must have thought to himself, is there anyone else in the room? Because you can't be talking to me. Have you seen my life? Have you seen the mistakes I've made? Have you seen my cowardness? Have you seen everything I've done wrong? But God says, listen, what you don't understand, Gideon, is I called you. I formed you in your mother's womb and ordained you long before you were even born. I knew that this day would come. And when I come to you, I don't look at you now. I know where you will be in the future. 
Oh, come on, you can give a little bit better clap than that. Come on, I'm somewhere in the future and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future and I look much better than I look right now. One more time in the future. Come on, you say it again in the future and I look much better than I look right now. Now give the Lord a shout. Oh, I'm somewhere. Oh Lord, right now I feel defeated. Right now I'm looking at all my mistakes. Right now I don't feel like I could ever fulfill the destiny you've called me to do, but I'm somewhere in the future. And you said, Lord, that you called me, that you sanctified me, that you ordained me. Come on somebody. Maybe there's somebody in this room that needs this word tonight. Give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Come on, how many of you have been at that place? Where are all His miracles? If God is still the God of miracles, where are they? Where are they? Which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Sometimes God will allow you to get, allow you, not do to you, allow you. Remember, the children of Israel, it was because of their sin that they got into this place. But they were allowed to be taken to this place where they would once again become totally dependent on their God. And all it took was one, just one person that believed God when He came and said, I will do something incredible through you. I will take you, I will take you out of the wine press. I will take you to the top, says the Lord. I will take you out. I will take you in to places that you never even imagined. Come on, is there anybody that believes it? Is there anybody that believes even in your circumstances, even in the way that you feel right now, God is able to do it. He says, the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Listen, it doesn't matter how you feel, guys. Because even in his feelings, God says, I'm not going to listen to those feelings. Go and be who I've called you to be, regardless of how you feel. If you haven't noticed by now, I don't like those feelings. The other day I said, all I want to do is scream. And then instead of screaming, I just sat and, and just, just closed my eyes. And I said, Lord, 
You are my strength. You are my shield. You are my strong tower. Your word is true. You can take this thing and change me. Because what I'm seeing right now, I don't like. Come on. My ego has been bruised. (laughs) It's okay. Some of you have no ego. I'm so glad for you. And then he says in verse 15, So he said to him, O Lord, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. (laughs) His strength is perfect in your weakness. Look at what the Lord says to him. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you. If you can understand just how powerful that is. You see, God calls you in your mess and says to you, I don't want you to feel capable. I don't want you to feel like you're fit for the job. I want you to understand. When he said to him, Lord, I can't. Do you know who I am? God says, wonderful. Know that I will be with you. In other words, it won't be you. All I'm asking you for, Gideon, all I'm asking you for is to make yourself available. And in your weakness, watch what I will do. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that so powerful? There are times where there are individuals that do not even serve the Lord, that they will be running from God. And I I often believe that many of these individuals, deep down they know that what they are fighting against is actually true. But because of how they were brought up, or because of beliefs or things that have happened to them, they don't want to accept the truth because they know that it'll change everything. And there is an individual in Scripture, we all know him, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, Paul the Apostle. Listen to what it says in Acts 9 verse number 1. Now, he's not saved, okay? So this is someone that is not serving the Lord. I want you to know that he, he, he can save you and call you at the same time. Because some of us, at some point, we're running away from God. We're running away from from destiny, from purpose. But there comes a point where you just won't be able to run anymore. Because He's about to grab a hold of you. You might be watching online. You might be serving the enemy. You might be running from God in some false religion, involved in some funny relationship that's not holy and not godly. I want you to know that you might be running and and the more you run, the darker things get. The darker things get, the more lonely you get. The more lonely you get, the more you want to just die. You don't feel like living anymore. I want you to know that you are absolutely in the right place right now because God's about to get a hold of you. He's about to grab you and stop you in your tracks right now. Hallelujah. Acts 9 verse number 1 says, Then Saul, this is Paul, 
still breathing threats of murder. Did you read that? Let's read it again. Breathing threats of murder. He had murderous intent. There was nothing good inside of him. His hatred and anger for what Jesus was doing became so strong because that religious spirit is just like that. It's like a murdering spirit that wants to destroy the anointing, that wants to destroy the works of God. Just what happens if God begins to move again in the church? Just what happens if God begins to do miracles again in the church? God forbid. Paul couldn't understand it. Jesus just didn't fit the mold. And he became angry and he became bitter. And that bitterness and anger became murderous intent. And he wanted to totally shut down this movement called the way. The way, because there is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life. And the Bible says, put it on the screen. The Bible says that still breathing threats of murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were on the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He wanted to destroy them. Next verse. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, everyone say suddenly. Listen, you might be running from God. You might, be, you, might be, you might be in the worst place possible. But I want you to know that God is the God of suddenly. While Paul, with all this intent in his heart, while he's on his way, the Bible says suddenly. Suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Next verse. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? Watch this, Lord. Who are you, Lord? Capital L. In other words, he knew. He knew that everything was about to change. He knew, he knew exactly who it was that was standing in front of him. But everything inside of him was rising up and couldn't handle it. So he said, who are you, Lord? Please leave the scripture up. <laughs> I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. That tells you that there was already a war taking place on the inside of him. And no matter how the Lord was constantly trying to change him or, or constantly trying to get his attention to the point where he stood at Stephen's death even and watched bloody murder take place and saw this anger and hatred on the inside of him, there was something happening and he kept on fighting it. And the more he fought it, the worse it became. But there came this point where Jesus said, enough, now I'm going to, I'm going to bring you into who you are. I'm going to bring you into who I ordained you to be. Oh my God. We're talking about the guy I want to meet in heaven the most after Jesus. I mean, Paul literally, I mean, oh my word. But this was his moment. This was the moment. He said, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. Next verse. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. There comes a point in every person's life where you will be faced with making a decision. I want you to know just like Paul, if you're out there and you're watching, or maybe you're sitting in this building and you've been running from God, there comes a point where you have to face that war going on on the inside of you, that kicking against the goad that exists in every single human being. Every single human being gets to a place where there's this struggle and there's all the other religions and they try all the other religions. But why is it that it's not, oh, my Buddha? And why is it that it's not, oh, Muhammad? But it's always, oh, my God and Jesus Christ. Why? Because there is no other way. There is no other God. Why is it that when you're in trouble, you cry out, Jesus, help me. But you don't believe, but you cry out, Jesus, help me. Because you know there is no one else that can save you. There comes a moment where He wants to call you. And you must understand, even after this encounter, He could have just said, I'm not doing it. But you see, the marvelous and wonderful thing about God is that He does know you. And moments in your journey in life will come. Moments where He's trying to get your attention. I believe tonight is one of those moments. Moments for you watching online that maybe you've never served the Lord, but you've been running from Him. Don't be at war anymore on the inside of yourself. But surrender to Him. Paul becomes the most incredible disciple that gets the most revelation because he chose to surrender. God knew that was the moment because Paul's heart was right where it needed to be for that encounter to take place. Jeremiah serving the Lord. A child, a child of Israel, a covenant child. There's a moment where God says, right, now I'm calling you. Same with Moses, same with David. The one that everybody overlooked. You might have been overlooked, but I want you to know that God is calling you. He's calling you to be used. He takes Jeremiah, who's a youth, and all he had to do is say, yes, Lord. But even in your youth, you have a choice. You have a decision to make. Even in your youth, you can be like everybody else or you can be the one. Amen. And I believe that in this youth, there are many ones. There are many that God is calling. Amen. You are marked. Young man, you are marked. And there is nothing you can do because you will be miserable if you even try to do anything else. Even in your journey, no matter what comes your way, the only thing that you will be able to do is work for the Lord. That's all.
But you already know that, don't you? Amen. From a young age, the hand of the Lord was on you. And you've grown into an incredible young man. Don't enjoy it too much. The journey is painful, my boy. (laughs) Because God's got to do so much in us. It never ends. Just when you think, man, I think I'm doing all right. But you will be a success. And you will go a long way. And I see many around you that will support you and love you. Don't be in a hurry because God's timing will be perfect for you. Enjoy the season that you're in. And the hand of the Lord will rest upon you. The Spirit of God will rest upon you and use you powerfully. From this day, from this moment, you will move into a whole new dimension where you will lay hands and see the power of God move like never before from this night. Next time you lay hands on someone, you will see God's power move like never before. You will experience miracles in your life. And yes, yes, you will preach the gospel. The anointing is all over you, young man. The presence of God is really strong on you, even now. Just receive it. Stay close to Him. Stay close to Him. It's the only way. There's no other way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Father, tonight in this place, we are just so grateful for your word that is still alive like it was when it was written. Still so powerful as it was when it was inspired by the writers. You gave them your word, Lord, because it was alive, it was living. It was a two-edged sword, it was a fire, it was a hammer, it still is, Lord. And so I pray that your word tonight will pierce the hearts of everyone in this building and watching online. Lord, that you will draw them tonight to yourself. Lord, I pray that you will place a holy hunger on us for more of you. Like your word says, seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Lord. Then all these things will be added. Everything we will need will be added to fulfill our destiny, to fulfill our purpose. But even the, even the things in the natural, food, clothing, housing, everything we need will be provided if we seek you first. So today, Father, I pray that we will take up the call, the call to, to, to draw near to you, the call to give our lives to you, the call to follow you, the call to do ministry for you, whether it be in the business world, in schools, whether it be in churches, whether it be to the ends of the earth, whatever it is that you desire, Father, we desire to pick up that call tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. When you said to the prophet, whom shall I send? He said, send me, Lord. Let that be us tonight, Father. Let us be the ones that pick up the call, for many are called, 
but few are chosen because they don't pursue you. They don't pursue what they are destined to be. So I speak to every inner man tonight. I speak to you who has been called by God, destined to do great and mighty works for His kingdom. Rise up tonight. Rise up. Rise up. Regardless of what their faces look like, regardless of your youth, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of being the least, regardless of not being able to speak, regardless of anything that you are dealing with or going through or feeling tonight, say, Lord, here I am, send me in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I give you thanks. Let's raise our hands for just a moment. Father, I give you thanks for every precious person in this building. I pray, Lord, that you draw them tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I give you thanks for holy hunger. I give you thanks for your presence, Holy Spirit, that is in this building. If you want to put your hands down, you can. But if you want to keep them up, keep them up. Lord, I just ask that you bless, that you touch that you change. There are people that are in a war even now. They're in a war. They know they have to make changes. They know they have to make a decision to serve you fully, to surrender completely because they feel the knocking. They feel they feel you calling them, Lord. And I pray tonight that they will say, yes, Lord, here am I. Send me. Send me, Lord. Send me to the outskirts of the city. Send me to the sporting events. Send me, Lord, to the gym. Send me to my workplace. Send me to my family, Lord. Send me, Lord, to preach at the, at, the, at the stoplight. Send me, Lord, to preach the gospel. Send me, Lord, to make a difference in the mighty name of Jesus. And one thing I've come to learn is once you accept the call, never look back. Never look back at your past. Never look back at your pain. Never look back at your hurt. Never even look at your current circumstances. Look towards who, who He's called you to be, what He's called you to do, and understand that there is a mighty man of valor placed on the inside of of each and every one of you. Don't you know that you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you? Father, tonight, just touch them. Just fill them. Just deliver them. Just encounter them. And I give you thanks for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you hear this evening, put your hands down for just a moment. If you hear this evening, you say, Pastor Alex, my life it's not right. I'm not serving the Lord. I need to give my life to Him tonight. I want to stop running. I want to commit my heart to Him. Tonight, I want to do it. I want to give my life to Him. If you know your life isn't right with God and you need to commit or recommit your life, I'm also speaking to you. You know who you are. If you're watching online and you tuned, you tuned in tonight and you heard this word, maybe you turned in just at that moment that I spoke about Paul. And you've been kicking against the goads. You've felt the war on the inside of yourself. But tonight you can feel God saying, I'm calling you. If any of that suits you or fits you, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. Quickly slip your hand up. Hands going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, young man. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. Thank you so much. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you in the back. I see your hands. Thank you so much. If you haven't raised your hand and you want to be included, I see you right in the back. God bless you. You can put your hand down, young lady. Thank you. God bless you. If you've heard this call and you want to be included, don't wait. Don't miss it. 
You don't know what tomorrow will bring. If you know and you feel God and you feel that war on the inside, quickly slip your hand up so I can include you. One more call. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, include me tonight in this. I want to include you. Quickly slip your hand up. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Let's all stand for just a moment. Many people raise their hands. If you raised your hand, I believe that you really mean business with God tonight and that you have made a decision to pick up that call of God to become what He's called you to do and be. We're going to pray a prayer because the Bible tells us that we should confess Him with our mouths. But this prayer is not a, a ritual. It needs to come from your heart because it's believing in our heart and confessing with our mouths. That's how we get saved. But it has to be a decision that, that you really mean business with God. So if you raised your hand, I'm asking you, we are all going to pray with you. But I want you to pray this prayer tonight from your heart like you really mean it. Like you really, really mean it. And I want you to know that everything will change if you seek Him. I'm not telling you everything's going to get easier. Things might be difficult sometimes, even as a Christian. But I'm telling you, it will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, come let me hear you. Father, I come to you tonight. I give my heart to you. I surrender to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the book of life. Lord, fill me with your spirit and let me take up the call who you've called me to be. One of your disciples. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, take a seat for one minute. We're going to close in just a moment. Don't worry, I won't do anything crazy. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> you know, there are moments, moments, when, when, when the word is coming to you, there's these moments that come and in those moments, it's like you're sitting in your chair and it's like you can feel something's happening. And the way you respond is so important because one of two things will happen. You'll either reject it or you'll accept it. If you accept it, it'll change you. If you reject it, nothing will happen. If nothing happens, nothing happens. But God is so wanting you to just accept Him. In those moments where you can feel that stirring, 
I remember being in services where the preaching would be happening and it would be so powerful. And I would be sitting on the edge of my seat. I literally just wanted to stand up the whole time because it felt like what was inside of me just wanted to jump out of me. In fact, there was one service in, in South Africa at Raymer Church, this huge church, and Bishop T.D. Jakes was there. This is about 20 years ago, if not more, more than 20 years ago. And he came and he preached. And while he was preaching, I was just, the whole place was just it erupted. I mean, it was just like it was chaos. It was just so loud. And there was nothing out of order, I promise you. It was wonderful, okay? And while this was happening, I was up and I was just worshiping. And it literally felt like the inside of me was leaping because I'd received such revelation from that preaching. I'd accepted it. I'd embraced it. I knew it was the Word of God and it had become alive in me and my spirit was so excited. Did you know that your spirit can get excited? Your spirit, you, the inside of you, you are spirit, soul, and body. You're very aware of your soul. It's talking to you all the time. Sometimes you must tell it to shut up. Because we all need to hear our spirit a little bit more. That's the part that's connected to the Holy Spirit. That's the part that believes you can fly. That you can do anything. You can pray for the sick and they will recover. That's the part of you that says, bring that devil to me. I'll show you what the Lord can do. Amen. But we listen to the other part, this part up here, all the time. It goes on and on and on. It doesn't stop. David even told, he spoke to himself. He said, oh, my soul. He speaks to his soul. He tells his soul to feel better. Because he's talking to himself. He's speaking to himself. He's saying, come on, mind. Stop it. Get out of this place. Don't you know that you are called? Don't you know that you're ordained? Don't you know that God has purposed you? If we as believers could take a hold of that, and just go for it. And Vera Beach would be totally changed. Like completely. Changing you will be easy. Vera Beach is also possible. Amen. Man, I can point you out. I see you. I can see the wall in you. I still see how you're struggling, but you're right there. Don't make me come for you. I'm purposefully not looking at you, but I know where you are. Well, I just, I'm not quite sure. That's the problem. You know, you'll never be sure. But you know in your spirit. That's what the Bible means when it says that no one needs to teach you. Because the Holy Spirit will confirm it. Be careful of religion because that will destroy it. All right. I think I should stop. I'm ready to preach three different sermons tonight. Are you ready? <laughs> I just want you guys to know that it is my greatest honor to do this. And it is, it is my life's joy outside of my family. I just love doing this. I tell you what, I just am so grateful to the Lord for this opportunity to minister to you. And I do not take it lightly. I mean that. When I do something, ask my wife, just something silly, I get so upset. I'm not talking about anything bad. And you guys do the stuff that I do 
once a year, every week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just take it up. Take up the call. Just run for God. Man, I was so encouraged, Brian, when I saw all those people wanting to do evangelism. Amen. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna close. If you need prayer, we'll have leaders up in the front. We'd love to pray for you. Every week is different, guys. I need to be led by the Spirit, you know. And I just feel that, you know, that the, the 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 what needs to happen tonight must happen on the inside of you. You know, God is calling you now. You must choose. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for everything that you have done in this place. For I know, Lord, that tonight you have awakened many who have great, great destiny. Things they will do for you, Lord, that will shock them if they only believe. That spirit of unbelief, Father, that Jesus spoke of, he said, this, this, this generation, how long will you have to deal with this unbelief? Father, I pray that faith will arise in each and every one of us. We could all use a little more, Lord. Increase our faith. And Lord, turn us into world shakers and history makers. Not for our glory, all for your glory. Because only you are worthy. Only you are holy, and only you deserve all of the glory. So tonight in this place, we give you thanks. We honor you. We love you. Now I pray for everyone in the building that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father, the fellowship with the Spirit be with each and every one of you as you leave this place. Go tonight with his peace and the joy of the Lord. It is your strength. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome night. And we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.